Hello and welcome to the Get Spanish Football News Show. My name's Tommy Hay. This week I'm joined by GSFN contributor Daniel O'Dwyer and we're here in Madrid, a rather overcast Madrid, a kind of grey and horrible Madrid for the first episode of 2021. We've, we've basically started today with the news that Messi uh, is, is, is in the papers. We've started with the, the fallout from the Athletic Bilbao win in the Spanish Supercopa and the news on Tuesday that he's set to receive a, a two-match ban for... Well, it's violent conduct that's gone down as... I'll read out the official definition. It's striking an opponent with his arm with excessive force while the ball was in play, but not within a playable distance. Sometimes a player gets sent off for lashing out and you think, heat of the moment, you know, but it wasn't actually that bad. Every time you look at this, it, um, it kind of gets worse, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a bit outrageous. I mean, obviously, he's frustrated. It's, it's what's the, the 120th minute and... Uh, He's making a run. He's just inside, inside Bilbao's half, and uh, yeah, I think Villarreal comes up and kind of tries to check his run. Uh, he's just frustrated because there's, there's not a lot of time left, and he, it's just strange. He just he grabs him like around the neck, like by the head, and just tries to throw him to the ground. And uh, I mean, there was a there was an angle that I saw on, on La Marca as well from the front, and it doesn't look as bad, but he still grabs him around the neck by the head, tries to throw him to the ground. And it's just. It's just an outrageous thing. It's just yeah, it's just really, really bad. It's the the Spanish press have been reporting it as a punch, but it's not a punch as such. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's quite a punch. I mean, he does kind of swing at him. He more just grabs him and throws him to the ground. And I don't know. It's just yeah, it's it's bizarre. Um, but I mean, I don't know. The thing is, like, I don't know. Messi has this like everyone's making a big deal over. Oh, it's Messi's first red card for Barca and everything mm. like that. But it's not as if he's he's always been squeaky clean. Like mm. he's had a few incidents where. Maybe he could have got a red for Barca, and in his defence, a lot of the time it's in retaliation to just being constantly failed, which must be must be frustrating as as much as it happens mm. to him. But like you have incidents like against Robertson in the semi final of the Champions League, where I know Robertson starts that he kind of like slaps him on the head, and then they kind of square off. But he's had a few other few other times in that Clasico, emotions are high, and he kind of kicks off or kicks back at getting tackled. But you're right, it usually is him that's on the receiving end of it. I mean, like if you think back to the, the famous 5-0 Clasco win and Ramos against him, yeah. you know, just, just launching himself at him, kicking him and things, and he's usually on the receiving end of it. Robertson as well, I think, you mentioned that game, it's a pretty good point. Robertson's quite a kind of master of the dark arts, I think he's quite good at winding people up and, yeah. and, that, and yeah, that's absolutely. what he did, shoving Messi in the head when he's down and all that. Yeah, you know? absolute wind-up merchant. <laughs> <laughs> it's a talent, it's a real talent. Yeah. Um, but this time it was Messi and... It's as you said. It's first first red card for uh, Barcelona. First red card for for any club. Um, yeah. Not his first red not, card ever, though. Not his first red card ever. No, he might uh, might be a footballing god, but he's he's not always an angel on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, he's actually he's had two for two for Argentina. One one came in his debut actually. I think it was it was within two minutes against Hungary. Yeah. He uh, this to be fair. Now this this was very unfair. He. Um, he was dribbling again with the ball and was kind of getting tackled and he just looked like he tried to kind of just shove your man off and it didn't look that bad I mean, he kind of threw an elbow it was high I don't know if it kind of hit him in the chest maybe looked like it was near the neck but yeah. certainly the Hungarian player milked it like he went down holding his face as if he'd been elbowed in the head and it was I mean that was that was quite unfair but uh, the second one more recently was the, the third place playoff against Chile when uh, the ball went out of play a few words were exchanged there wasn't much of a tackle before and then he had a bit of a, a square off with uh, 
Cardiff City legend Gary Medell, <laughs> if you remember him in the Premier League. Um, but yeah, it was strange. They just kind of squared up to each other, and I don't know. They were. It was an ongoing thing. Yeah, an ongoing thing in that one. But again, it's it's just yeah. It seems like I don't know the Bilbao one. Obviously, it came of frustration of trying to win. Like they're trying to win the Super Cup and everything, but I mean, this is a, a third place playoff. I think Argentina were winning at the time, and I don't know. Sometimes I think his maybe a build up of frustration comes out. Like the Bilbao, the Bilbao uh, incident was maybe frustration from the game, maybe frustration from Barca's season so far and his situation probably at Barcelona. Just, probably just the last few years, you know, it's like he does kind of cut a more frustrated sort of figure these days than what he did in his, in his early career. He yeah. seemed, I thought he was always notable for his sort of. Calmness in in a way on on, yeah. on the field. I thought he was really um, it it was sort of remarkable the way that he did sort of stand up to the amount of like harsh challenges directed towards him and things like that. You know that's that's what he was um, that that was one of the more notable things about him. But now he, he does seem to be a bit more kind of frustrated. Yeah. This thing basically swinging grabbing onto um, Bielibre's neck. You know that just doesn't seem to be like the the message that we're accustomed to. Unbelievably, um, at least in my opinion, Barcelona have, have um, decided to appeal this. They're going to appeal it now. We're we're in we're in midweek, so we don't know how this story is going to evolve uh, over the course of, of the next week or so. But uh, it looks like they're going to appeal the two match ban. Which my initial reaction to this ban, two matches for what he did, is that they've got off lately. But yeah, Barcelona have chosen 100%. to <laughs> they've chosen to appeal it. Um, it's kind of mad that that they've chosen to do it. There's, I've got there's a couple of theories going around about why they've done this. The first one is that it's just the Barca director, the Barca board doing what they do best and making kind of illogical decisions. There's no real justification for appealing a two match ban for what Messi did, um, and it still wouldn't be the most kind of nonsensical thing that they've done in the last couple of years. So that one, on one hand, makes sense. On the other hand, um, there's another theory going about that Cumin is the source of this, which is again kind of also I mean we don't like to speculate here I don't like that at all but it would kind of make sense if you if you think about how Koeman has um, treated the VAR viewed the VAR viewed VAR spoken about the VAR and refereeing decisions and things like that over the course of the season he's he's been really highly critical not just in games featuring Barcelona but also featuring Real Madrid um, Marca had an article uh, printed on Tuesday which was uh, translates roughly as uh, Barcelona sick of refereeing decisions and it had a, a pretty good summary of all of Koeman's complaints and most notable kind of rants about referees uh, over the season goes back to the classical defeat at the end of October when they lost 3-1 uh, at the Camp Nou against, against Madrid and he said I told the referee that I hope that one day they'll finally explain to me how VAR works here in Spain uh, it also went back to rants, similar rants he had against uh, after games against Getafe and Sevilla. At the end of um, December as well, he publicly questioned the decision uh, not to award Abar a penalty against Madrid as well. So he, he's putting himself in all sorts of uh, situations and, and moaning about things. After this game, he alluded to the fact that he thought that Athletic were overly physical that they were you know doing that I don't know if that's how you saw the game I mean they were they were quite physical but I mean not not in a sense like in a, in a sporting sense like they put it up to Barca I don't know I thought they were they were unbelievable like Barcelona had had a lot more of the ball but they didn't really let them let them do a lot with it they were pressing pressing a lot and like I don't know they didn't didn't have a lot of time to breathe on the ball or really create a lot so yeah they were they were physical but it's a, it's a contact sport at the end of the day that's like, it I don't think I don't think there was any uh any unfair decisions or anything 
anything where they should have been penalised for something that they weren't. But yeah, at the end of the day, they were they were more physical than Barcelona, and that's that's part of the reason why they won. And I mean, it was it was an unbelievable performance. About I mean, yeah, um, uh, yeah, they were they were great just going forward and everything. But uh, I mean, part of it was Bilbao. They were just they were very strong and. Um, yeah, they they didn't give Barca a lot of time on the ball and stuff, but I have to have to talk a bit about uh, Barca's defense as well, yeah. which I thought didn't I don't know it uh, didn't gift Bilbao any goals, but it certainly didn't do them any favors. Yeah, well, I mean they, they had the ball in the net four times because obviously yeah. Garcia got a, got a goal chopped off, and again it wasn't the best defending uh, f- for that goal. It was it was shocking. I don't know. I just I just thought throughout the whole game they just didn't look like they could defend a set piece. I mean like. We're talking about the first goal, like the first goal was, well, that was Nyaki Williams' cross and uh, Fer Lenglet. No, he, I don't think he could have done much better. It went over his head, but mm. uh, DeMarcos just ran around Alba like he wasn't there. He yeah. just didn't put up a fight at all and just yeah. finished, finished the cross. And then, yeah, the second goal, well, there was the disallowed goal, yeah. the free kick and no the Real Garcia header and no Barca player looked like they were getting anywhere near to winning that ball Yeah, and then yeah Via Libre of course in the 90th minute they were, I think he was between Griezmann and Lenglet as well and I don't know it's just it, again a set piece that should have, should have easily been cleared Yeah, and there was another time I think it was Alba who went to clear the ball and he just passed it to, to Nyaki Williams at the edge of the box and he didn't score but it just looked like they were struggling the whole game mm. I mean, I think Araujo was uh, was probably the best defender that day. He did all right against Nyaki, like yeah. in general, who's who's a lot of trouble for most defenders. Uh, well, there was nothing they could do but the last goal. Yeah, absolutely oh, screamer. Yeah, forgot to even talk about the last goal. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was unbelievable. Nah, there was nothing they could do about that. Oh, I lo- absolutely love Nyaki Williams. <laughs> he's just he's unbelievable. Like, he's an absolute nightmare for defenders. Yeah, uh, I always I always have that image of uh, of PK trying to defend against him I think it was a last season it, it was, was last, last season, season. Copa, yeah, yeah when he just runs past him and it's just the most desperate thing you've seen like PK just on the ground pulling him back by Pull. the jersey to slow him down and he was he was almost on his shorts oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy but no he's, he's unbelievable like he's so fast and yeah he's just he's an absolute athlete as well he's, yeah. uh, he's played 175 consecutive appearances now in, uh, in La Liga which is the, the fourth most of all time I think he's 28 off the record which so, is incredible. It's unbelievable. And mod- modern football as well. I mean, like he's he's you know he's managed to say fit the how demanding it is on them as well because of you know they're they're asked to do a lot. The level's so high. Yeah. It's funny that the other top three are also all Basques. Yeah. So Zubi Zareta, the, the old Barcelona goalkeeper, hundred eighty four appearances. Arcanada, the, the famous Spain goalkeeper, hundred eighty eight appearances. And Laranjaga, the 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 defender. Play for uh, Real Sociedad under John Toshak when when the league with him and stuff two hundred and two he's the current record and William only needs Williams only needs twenty eight to yeah twenty eight to, to leapfrog him yeah he's oh, still, he's, he's got the record for an outfield player in the twenty first century nobody's nobody's done more than that yeah he's unbelievable some some score a great goal against Liverpool in uh, the Aviva Stadium in Dublin and a friendly against Bilbao it was great that's uh, unreal lost a bit of money that day though I was such a fan of Williams that I claimed <laughs> two mates when while we were watching that I could tell them on the spot. The date of his Bilbao debut and his first goal. I think I was two days off the goal. Did they not give you that? Two days out? No, I mean to be fair, I actually they they they, they let me away with it. I have to give them the money, but uh, yeah, but I lost the bet. <laughs> They're not that stingy. They're not that stingy. Um, just a side note on um, 
Mar- Marcelino. I think that's uh, he's been the newly appointed athletic coach uh, after Gaisca Garitano was finally dismissed. A lot of people were surprised Garitano lasted so long because he was getting booed as far back as you know Christmas twenty nineteen. Around about December, November 2019, I remember one game against Getafe, I can't remember the month, but they basically got hammered at home off Getafe and the fans were booing them and it was it just looked like it was the end of the road for him. So he lasted a, like another year. Um, I think the cup run really helped him and things like that. And it, on one hand, it's a shame that he wasn't able to, to lead them out That's, as manager in that cup yeah. final. And it's just a tragedy, the whole thing that, didn't, that happen. didn't happen. yeah. Yeah. Oh, it would have been unbelievable. But on the other hand, it's the team. I think is kind of the the common consensus is among not just Atletico fans, but I think anybody who's really been watching them over the last little while is that the team had stagnated. Yeah. You know, they just weren't really they weren't really going anywhere. So Marcelino's come in, loves a cup as yeah. well. Real real tournament manager. Yeah, new lease of life. Yeah, I don't know. They just think in the last few weeks they've just been. I don't know. I think in the last first couple of months of the season they maybe became a bit bit predictable. There wasn't really much happening, but. Yeah, in the last few weeks since Marcelino's come in, they've just been a lot more exciting and, I don't know, a lot more difficult to play, uh, for teams to play against. Obviously, they unbelievable what they did last weekend, beating Real 2-1 first and then Barca. It's unbelievable. Mm. So yeah. let's, let's hope they can bring some, some of that form to the league. There seems to be a real feel-good factor as well. Like I think everybody probably that was following it saw Bielibre playing the playing the trumpet and all oh, that. That, and was, <laughs> that was great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw a quote. I think he said his, his friend is in a... He said an electro charanga. So oh, charanga, yeah. Yeah, and that's like a brass band or a charanga band. Charanga bands are, they're the sort of, um, they get hired a lot for weddings and things, and yeah. stag do's and hen parties yeah. and things like that, so they, they go around and they'll play, there's a lot of them in Valencia over the yeah. summer, people go there uh, over summer and they go to the beach and just a charanga will follow them around and it's like a brass band, yeah. like a parade, so they're dead funny, so his friend's in one of those. Yeah, that's what I read in the mark, he said, well, it was great, I was, yeah, there were a couple of, yeah, just to go back to, well, to about that and, the, and Bilbao in general, there was just, there is a real good feel-good factor. Yeah. Like, uh, I was reading some quotes from some of the players in, in La Marca and they just, from Marcelino as well, they're just all excited to win more. They're like, they're not going to stop with this. And like one of them, um, yeah, like Raul Garcia said, ojo que nos conformamos, no nos conformamos, hay margen para más. Like, all right, careful, like we're not going to, we're not going to settle. Um, like there's room for more like we're gonna they're basically they're all they're all for winning more things yeah and uh, one of one of my favourite quote there was a quote from a few players my favourite one was uh, from DeMarcos uh, the second goal scorer he said uh, somos Via Libre y su trompeta somos amigos <laughs> so he said we are we are Via Libre and his trumpet we are friends so <laughs> it's just like like the team team spirit is great like they're it was a great performance but at the end of the day they're all, they're all mates as well like it's just good I don't know it's a good uh, good vibe around the team that's it's good. great to see that yeah we're happy to see that after kind of what's been with some exceptions the cup run being an exception but certainly in the league it's been a bit of a year of frustration for them and they're not where they should be you know you can say that about a couple of teams you can say that about Real Betis as well they're maybe not where they should be but Athletic you know club there's been talk over the last uh, year of them you know even being being kind of right down the bottom of the table and fighting for survival and things yeah. and that's not where they should be I mean they, they seem to be kind of solid sort of mid-table at the moment and yeah. it's good to see Marcelino bring, bringing that kind of feel-good factor back he looks happy the players sound happy from what you've said as well so um, it'll be interesting to see the, the direction that they go in let's go into the papers yeah. um, I think well the, the oh get Mark here Alaba is the 
is the front cover awards the front cover on Tuesday uh, which is uh, the copy that, that we have just now deal closed with Alaba I think this is an amazing piece of business oh, for for Real Madrid. Um, incredible. I did see on Twitter, not that Twitter's anything really to go by because it's full of people that don't really know what they're talking about, but a lot of people were not really sure about it, a lot of Madrid fans. I do have a theory about why that is. I think a lot of the people that are going to be opining on Twitter about this probably don't watch the German league, Yeah. probably don't know much about um, German football, I think a lot of them. Um, I think anybody who does know what Alaba is, is like as a player would know that it's an amazing signing for, for Real Madrid though, even, if you don't, even if you don't watch the German League if you watch the Champions League last season like he was centre back for, for Bayern throughout he was unbelievable like he, the man doesn't he's, it's very rare that he makes an error like he was in the Champions League team of the season mm-hmm. and I don't know he's just he's unbelievably versatile like he's a, a much much better James Milner <laughs> <laughs> James. A, younger, a younger better James Milner James yeah. Milner <laughs> Austria's answer to James Milner yeah no just I mean he can play left back left back centre back the last season especially uh, he can play in midfield and I don't know especially with the I wouldn't say inevitable but yeah it's looking like Ramos is leaving in the summer like he just seems like the perfect fit yep. to, to come in for Ramos like to play centre back um, yeah He's got an unbelievable free kick on him as well. Yeah. Which is something that Ramos obviously brought to that team or brings yeah. to the team. Yep. But uh where where do you think where do you think he would play? Well it's an it's an interesting one because he he is a left back and I think that's what some of the original sort of confusion around him came from was okay, this guy's a left back, but we've already got a top left back, we've got Mendy. Yeah. So why do we need the other guy? Well, if Mendy's not there, they have a problem. If Mendy gets injured, they've got a serious problem at left back. Marcel, for all he was a, a fantastic, uh, or has been a fantastic servant for the club, he's not what he was uh, before. And it's often required players to play out of position and stuff. And um, right back has also been a problem for them as well. When Carver Howe's out, Mendy sometimes has to go over to right back and they're left with the same issue. So they really needed to sign some kind of fullback. And I think uh, what a guy to bring in. But he won't just be a, a replacement. I think, uh, as you touched on there, Anyone who watched Champions League last year saw that he played at centre half, and yeah. he did, and he did a really good job at centre half uh, too. He knows how to do that, and his versatility is one of his best things. Incidentally, he can also play centre mid. He plays yeah. centre mid for Austria sometimes. He's even played attacking midfield for Austria before. Yeah. Now I don't think he'll have that in um, in in Madrid. Uh, in Madrid, I don't think he'll be playing attacking midfield. I think he'll either be a centre half or a left back when when Mendy's not fit. But anybody who initially thought or wrote off the transfer because we've already got a good left back I think they kind of need to think again because no, it's, it's a it's crazy like there's not there's really not a lot he can't do apart from yeah. play striker like he's unbelievable defensively he can spray a pass out wide like as good as as good as most people and he can beat a man and yeah his free kick is on he's got an unbelievable free kick he scored I don't know how many free kicks he scored for, for Austria and yeah. Bayern but yeah he's, he's unbelievable yeah he's also quick and if there is any kind of defensive mix up you know which which can happen at the top level it can happen Varane also hasn't quite been himself uh, of the, you know in the last year or so he's made a few high profile mistakes against Man City and things like that and also in the league he's made a few high profile mistakes if there are any defensive frailties having a guy that's that fast at left back or, or at centre back that's that could make a difference when you get to the kind of top level. Yeah. Um. And, and Real Madrid are still in the Champions League. Yeah. You know they are still going to be going towards these things. They're going to be playing in the top level. There's stuff to play for this season. The league we're going to get onto that later, but the yeah. league isn't out of sight by any means. We're only in uh, we're only in January, so I mean yeah. there's a lot still to play for. I think he's going to be good. 
just at the end of the day as well when, when you say there's people who aren't sure about it like it's it's free transfer the lads the lads 28 you've got to mention like that yeah the wages i think it's i think it's about 11 million a year which yeah. obviously is a fair bit on wages but it's a free transfer the lads only 28 like he's hitting his prime like yeah. it's i don't know this is, I, I can't see any negative about this transfer like he's been in uefa team of the year multiple times like he's oh, he's he's unbelievable like i actually i can't believe there weren't more more teams i know there was interest i think from psg a couple of english clubs but i just can't believe it seemed like real madrid just snapped him up without anyone really fighting for him yeah even even Bayern as well i mean i read uh there were some quotes from from carl heinz rumenegger who said that um we did all we could to reach an agreement he just had to accept but it didn't work out and he said yeah they were trying to agree there was a deadline set in october and they hadn't agreed by then so inevitably they had to let him go but i don't know if, if i was if i was buying i would have been doing everything i could to, to keep him at the club yeah i know that, that i think that's probably what most of the people listening will be thinking well why didn't they make a bigger they effort to keep him why, yeah. why would you let somebody with that go but yeah a bit of a strange one big wage bill as you say 11 million will be he'll be getting a year's four season deal um he will be playing for Bayern for the rest of the season. He finishes with them on the thirtieth of uh, of June. Just, just I mentioned Mar- uh, Marcelo there earlier, and I feel kind of obliged to to say that. Oh, just over the last year or so, I, I felt kind of bad for the guy. Yeah. And you know, people sometimes you say you feel bad for a professional footballer, and they're like, oh, they're professional footballers and all that. No, yeah, I they don't a lot of money. They're, they're yeah, that, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're people like I know that people who, who read social media. And <laughs> exactly, yeah. They, may, they maybe shouldn't because the amount of kind of nonsense that gets spoken on, on social media. Um, between Marcel, Ramos tends to get a lot of praise, and, and rightly so, he's a top player, but Marcelo. He's, he's one title off Paco Gento's record of 23 trophies with the club. Yeah, it's unbelievable. You know, and uh, he's been an amazing servant for the, for the team. Yeah, I think he's, I think he might be the most gifted player I've seen live in a football yeah. match. When did you see him? I saw him, I saw him a couple of times, a couple of seasons ago. Uh, Real against Getafe, one game, and against Corona as well. I mean, sorry, it's it's a harsh thing to say. Ronaldo was, was on the pitch as well, but <laughs> yeah. I was just... I was just so impressed. I've obviously watched Marcelo many times on TV, and that, yeah. but it's just oh, some some special touches and that. Like he just came on in one of those games. He only came on at half time, and he just just destroyed destroyed the other right back for for forty five minutes straight. I've never seen. Oh, it, was, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it's amazing when you go to see games live and guys that sometimes drop under the radar. You're like, oh my god. Yeah. I, I remember I went to Ibrox once. I saw a friendly Rangers versus uh, AC Milan, and uh, Seedorf. Played and it was just like everything he did was just yeah. like amazing. It was just just perfect. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, I think Marcelo. I, I really didn't like that back in November after they lost four one to um, to Valencia. <laughs> the sort of stat was going around that at that point uh, Marcelo had featured in all nine of Zidane's losses since twenty nineteen. Yeah, so it was just kind of horrible it's stat that was falling around. Start, yeah. yeah, really unfortunate. Now that's it's no longer the case because they've since lost to Alaves and things like that when when Marcelo hasn't played. But just really you know kind of unpleasant. But I suppose it's just kind of um, just sort of a uh, modern football. Moving on from Alaba to another uh, pretty high-profile signing. This is from last week, but it's still important to, to talk about it. Um, Dembele. Now, I've seen this guy playing at Celtic. We've always seen him in, uh, at Lyon. Uh, I watched less of him at Lyon than, than what I saw him at uh, Celtic. But Yeah, Fulham before that as well. Fulham before I that too. Can't say I saw too much of that. I think he only spent a season or half a season in the Premier League before they were relegated. He played most of the football in the Championship, I think, with Fulham. Yeah. 
That's it. But he was very young, you know. He was, really he was young. yeah, yeah. And when he came to Celtic, he was young too. Spent three seasons there. My reaction is, and I'll give you my opinion in a second, I think this is really smart business from Atletico. Yeah, it's 1.5 million, isn't it? Yep. Deal. yep. If it goes wrong, yeah, at the end of the day, it's not it's not a huge amount of money. If it goes right, yeah, there's the option to buy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, it'd be interesting, obviously, with Costa gone now as well. Do you yep. think he'd be a, a good fill-in for Costa? Maybe kind of different, quite different players, but do you think he could fill that, that void that was left? Don't see why not. I mean, like, um, just trying to get up Atletico's lineup uh, before there. Obviously, Suarez uh, starts up front. Correa, from memory, was uh, at the time of recording. Sevilla was the last was the last game. Yeah, it was Correa and Suarez. Uh, Correa and Suarez. So, um, there's no reason he can't fit into that. Absolutely yeah. no reason. And also, Suarez isn't always going to be fit. Yeah, yeah as you know, that that was big part of the problem at Barcelona was that he wasn't always fit. So, so I think there's absolutely no reason he can't fit in there. I think the reservations about there are reservations that are legitimate reservations. One is the the most obvious thing, and it's I, I follow a lot of Scottish people on Twitter and stuff. And yeah. there's a lot of Rangers fans saying, well, the quality of opposition. Uh, <laughs> at the top level in Scotland isn't what it's going to be facing in Spain he was yeah. up against Clint Hill and <laughs> yeah, Joey Barton you know the, when he yeah. was when he was past it kind of thing you know so that that's one thing second reservation is that his recent form at Leon. I think this is a, a far greater worry the recent form at Leon, one goal in 16 games that's not great yeah. that really isn't great no, of course not and the third one is that he, despite the fact that he's young um at times in his career he's been injury prone now people who watched him in Scotland they'll know this he was injured three times in his last season with Celtic yeah three separate injuries in one season so that's that's a potential it's a potential worry um, if you, we could address this point by point by point the pe- yeah. pe- if you if you want to go to the quality of opposition right people said the same thing about Tierney People said best the same left, thing. Best left back in the league. Best left. Unbiased opinion. Think so? Uh, no, <laughs> no comment. I mean, slightly biased opinion. <laughs> it's just Scotland, just Scotland's luck though that our two best players like uh, that we've had in the last generation are both left backs. But I'll, I'll digress. Um, they, they said the same thing about Tierney. They said the same thing about Wanyama. They oh, said, "Don't get me started, Wanyama." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you know, man. like I've, ne- I've never seen a man be so dominant against a, a shabby Iniesta midfield when they won 2-1 that right? was unbelievable top level you know yeah. and it's like but I think you know he did that when he was at Celtic yeah. he bossed that game when he was at Celtic yeah, he didn't do it when he was at Southampton or Spurs he did it yeah. when he was at Celtic speaking of Southampton and Van Dijk as well Van Dijk another clear example exactly Van Dijk now Neil Lennon described Van Dijk as a Rolls Royce when he when he first yeah. saw him playing and uh, apparently he said to him after his first training session you know enjoy your time here son you won't be here long yeah I heard that before yeah. <laughs> you know that kind of thing so there is a, everybody knows it that there's a there's a difference in level but you know think about it when you play for Celtic you've got to win every week Yeah, and they're not doing it now and you're seeing the amount of boost they're getting uh, it's, it's a difficult place to play I mean there's pressure on you to win win week in week out if you don't win the league it's a bad season Yeah, you're, realistically at this moment in time they're not going to do a lot in the Champions League but that's all they're looking to do a bit in the Champions League that's win it. the league domestic treble like anything less than a domestic treble isn't is, is slightly lower than, than what is worse than what they want to do so it's kind of a uh, a team to play for with a lot of pressure and not a lot of reward exactly the domestic, you do the domestic treble and you're not really going to be getting much praise for that it's kind of expected and now it's looking like they're not even going to win the league now this season I know so it's going to yeah I mean they're going to lose that but I mean yeah he, he, won, he won three leagues up there so all this stuff that, that was the same criticism that was levelled at those guys um, he's since spent two seasons in France playing for Lyon 
He scored two goals against Man City. People's yeah. mem- people's memories are really short. You know, like you know, he scored. Oh, impact so that's as well as if Suarez starts and you know he's obviously he's a bit older now. Like he's, he'd be a great impact sub to have for him. He only came off the bench against City with 15 minutes to go and scored the two goals and it was three one in the end. Exactly, P- people's memories are incredibly short. I think uh, with that, I really think they are. Um, last season he, he got 16 goals season before that he got 15 I think so I mean he's 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 banging them in fair enough this is a lean season for him it is and I think that's probably the biggest the, the biggest concern the injuries thing to be honest as far as I know the, the worst season he had was, was at Celtic it was I think 20 was it 2017-18 I can't remember yeah it was 2017-18 I think was was his last season there and um, he was injured three times in one season, and he still got sixteen goals. So yeah. he, you know he's he's a player. So he's yeah. a player. Is it a gamble? Yes, it is a gamble. But I think Atletico have been clever about it. They've 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 got him on a loan deal. They pay one point five million. The option to buy is thirty something million. I can't remember exactly what it is. It's thirty thirty three point five million. That's the option to buy at the end of the season. So they can spend that if they want to. If they don't want to, worst case scenario, they've spent 1.5 million on a loan deal for something that hasn't worked out yeah and that's it but it's I mean, a player with incredible talent yeah and I mean he's he's there he's going to be filling the role of cost and the money they've spent on him that's cost his wages would have been whatever for the next six months so exactly exactly definitely um, sticking with Atletico just for just for a little bit we're a little bit Atletico heavy today but it's just what's in the news Kieran Trippier we have to talk about that um, what's the update on this latest scandal involving his ban yeah I mean it's <laughs> it's, it's just outrageous that I was just reading in the Daily Mail like the, when he was appealing at the defence he went with, he went with was that uh, that it was it was banter which <laughs> the old Richard Keyes <laughs> yeah the old Richard Keyes excuse it was just banter <laughs> but uh, yeah it's it's crazy I mean I have uh, have a couple of quotes here from the Daily Mail I mean it starts off like r- innocent enough he could have got away with it like his, his mate was asking oh should I lump it on and he just the quote was can do mate mm. and then he asks him 100% trips and he says yeah mate and then later on he's saying that that it's done it's happening they're just waiting for a fee they're just waiting to agree on a fee and then he later sends a message direct quote it's happening and then more bets after that went on one was 300 euro one of his friends I can't remember his name he had 10 separate bets on and I mean like you just you just can't do that. It's I don't know. I, I have some sympathy for for someone in a situation like that when you're a footballer and you can't tell your mates about this big huge move to Atletico until it's out in the paper. But it's just the reality of the modern day. Like it's, I mean obviously he didn't bet on it, but it's not it's not that much different from him betting on himself when he's using that inside knowledge and someone's gonna get money from it. Like we've had examples of Sturridge and Barton and poor poor old Wayne Shaw <laughs> Wayne Shaw the, remind everyone who <laughs> remind everyone who Wayne Shaw was Wayne Shaw was a goalkeeper for, for Sutton <laughs> who played against Arsenal in the cup and uh, there were things coming out in the, in the press before there were some one or two bookies that had uh, odds on him to or sorry yeah had the odds for him to, to eat a pie on the <laughs> sideline so he uh, he came out and did that in the match against Arsenal and then uh, there was kind of a mutual decision between him and the club for him to, to leave the club Obviously, it was uh, at a lower level. I don't think he was hit with a heavy fine or anything. But yeah. but I don't know the trippier thing. I don't know what what you make of it. I think it's just you just you have to have the cop on as a professional footballer. It's 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 open and shut uh, case for me. It's 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 obviously it was. I mean, it's it's not some massive conspiracy, but he he, he told them what was going to happen, and the guy bet on it. I mean, yeah. it's it's fairly open and shut. I think it's uh, it's unfortunate for Atletico. It's unfortunate for football fans because he's great to watch. 
Um, ten week yeah. ban, you know the he's gonna miss gonna miss a couple of key games. Gonna miss Chelsea. He's gonna miss. Uh, he won't miss the derby, which is which is the big thing for Atletico. Yeah. He won't. He technically won't miss the derby, but he might not be included in it because it's very soon after he comes back. And, That's it. Yeah. And you you made a good point to me just just before we started recording here. It's not a ban for games. It's a bar from. It's a ban from all football activity. Yeah. So that means training too. So there's yeah. I mean, it's not no reserve it's games. Not, it's not. It's not a sure thing that he's going to walk into that team when he hasn't been training. He might do his own training at home and that, but when he's been hasn't been training with the team for for ten weeks. And the first game that he's scheduled that he could play in is against Villarreal, yeah. which will be important as well. Who are fighting for Champions League spots? So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. They've got well, they're they're saying that it's probably going to be Sime uh, Urasalko, mm-hmm. the the Croatian guy who uh, will come in. Who he's a good player, but at the same time, I don't think I think he's played a handful less less than ten games in the last year because he's yeah. been out with knee injuries and that. So be interesting to see what effect it has. I mean, he's been. Trippier's been a, a great player for them. Like what, t- what title-winning teams do have guys on the bench that they expect to come in and fill the boots of somebody that you know a regular starter should that person get injured, suspended, or whatever. Um, a lot of comparisons have been made with this Atletico team um, to the Simeone team that won in, in uh, 2014. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good comparison. It's obviously a different style of play. They're more expansive and stuff now, but the team spirit and the whole the whole kind of partido a partido game by game yeah. philosophy that, that they have, I think that's still there. And if you look to what happened, a remarkably similar case, not a betting thing, but a long term injury with um, in that team, the twenty fourteen team with uh, Felipe Luis. Yeah, Felipe Luis got injured pretty badly um, in a game. Was out. He was supposed to be out for a couple of months. He ended up being out for three weeks, just three weeks. But it was uh, Insua that came on to. A lot of people forget that Insua was in that oh, team. Man, yeah. yeah, that's it. So I mean, like he he was he was in that team, came off the bench, filled in for him for three weeks, and Simeone basically said, "Listen, when my first choice left back is is Luis, yeah. and he's going to come in." And he accepted it because I think there's that kind of team spirit, and I don't think he would allow for people in the squad. Yeah. He knows how to run the team, Simeone. He's got lots of experience with it. I don't think Versalco is going to be a kind of prima donna. I don't care if he comes in and has an amazing. Yeah, three, it's you not, know, it's not the choice. I, I can't say I remember Insula that season. I remember I was I was on a trip to Madrid, and I went to two games that season. Went to the four one win against Milan, which was I think it's the best football match I've ever been to. Yeah, I remember me and my two mates who were there. We were like, didn't know much about Luis at the time to be honest. So this was yeah 2013, 14 season, and we were just watching like who who is this left back? This guy is unbelievable. Like, Looked like the best player on the pitch. And then yeah, obviously he was a great player. But, mainstay in that team, absolutely yeah. mainstay in that team, and uh, yeah, really really top player. And the 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 thing is, it was, it was a team with a different style, a different playing style. As I said before, they're much more I think attractive to watch this year. Last year was so so, but they're much more attractive to to watch this year. Um, and but I think that philosophy there and the the team spirit is pretty similar to to what it was in 2014 even Simeone who tries to distance himself from comparisons yeah. between the two teams uh, I think you'd have to admit that, that there's a there's a really good feeling about Atletico so it's going to be a big hit for 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 them losing Trippier but yeah um, but yeah in general just yeah comparing the two teams I mean they're as as defensively solid as they've been in the last decade at any point under, under Simeone like the stats are unbelievable like they've conceded yeah. six goals in the league so far and now they've got Suarez who's scoring goals from as well, which is maybe something that they've lacked in the last maybe two or three years since mm. uh, since Griezmann left and maybe since the Costa of old. And I don't know. Do you think that do you think the Suarez could be the 
the final piece of the of the jigsaw to, and, to and, bring home the title. In the same way that David Villa was in twenty fourteen. Yeah. You know, it kinda is, I mean, providing he stays fit and all that, you know, it's it's a comparison that's been made quite a few times. Remarkably similar case as well, both coming from Bar- uh, from, from from Barcelona yeah. directly, both for quite a low price. Yeah. As well. Um and why not? You know, absolutely. Why not? But um, so obviously his fitness is, is isn't bad. But if you've got Dembele coming in, if he can kick on in the same way he did uh, against Celtic, yeah, absolutely. Just one other thing. Um, it's only just kind of come into the news, but uh, Odegaard apparently it was reported in El País that Martin Odegaard has requested a transfer from Real Madrid. Now I don't know how true this is, so we can't actually say too much about it because it's like it's still kind of early days, but. Apparently he's not happy with how much of a game uh, he's been getting, or, or there, there are obviously some some things he's really not happy uh, with. He's been the star of the show for a couple of years, no matter team what team he's been at. When he was at, he went to Vitesse Arnhem, yeah. did pretty well there. He went to um, uh, Sociedad, and he was he was the star of the show. I think he was the main protagonist of the last season. He was just just outstanding. A lot of criticism has been levelled at the way just in the last couple of years the way that Real Madrid have treated the younger players and they just haven't given them a, given them a chance now those of us who've seen Real Madrid over the last 20 years or so know that that's, that's never been their style to bring through no, the absolutely not the, 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 the Galactico signings the, the Hazards the Bales the Ronaldos like they're not really one to, to bring in youth and kind of let them grow at the club yep that's it so I mean it's I think I don't know how much of a surprise this should be. I think it is a surprise that he's he's asked if this is true that he's asked for a a, a transfer so early in the season. You know, it's yeah. kind of it's not that he's asked for it in summer or anything like that. When during the low period where maybe they would consider these things, he's done it in in the, you know a pretty crucial time of the season when they're just starting. So um, I don't really know what what to what to make of this. It is true that uh, that Madrid have been investing fairly heavily in youth over the last uh, few years. We spoke about this. Um, on the show a few months ago, and and they have been investing a lot in youth, particularly in Bra- well, young Brazilian players, Vinicius, yeah. um, people like that, Rainer coming coming from Brazil as well. A lot of really young guys investing in that. People like uh, Kubo as well, but you see Kubo too. Even that, yeah, he's been sent sent out and on left, right, and centre. Yeah, he's yeah. Just, just come back from uh, from Real and now yeah. he's off to Getafe. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's strange. But it seems like they were passing the buck a little bit with that. Well, that's, maybe that's showing too much of kind of what what I read into it. But the I think what's happened is that they they went there expecting Villarreal to play Kubo yeah. uh, more than what he was getting a game, and he wasn't getting too much of a game. But you think, well, why not give him a game at Madrid? Yeah. If you think he's good enough to That's play for the it, yeah, team, yeah. give him a game in Madrid. <laughs> so you're sending off, send him off to Mallorca, sending him where he performed brilliantly, by the way. Send him off to Villarreal, and then you complain he's not getting enough game. And instead of taking him in and saying, "Right, we think you're good enough to play for us," yeah, have a, have a substitute appearance at yeah, this level from time to time. He's your player, you're responsible for that. Don't just send yeah. him out alone and shift the responsibility, shift the book, and yeah, force force the other team to play him. If he's good enough, then start him in your team. But yeah, I don't know what what you think about Odegaard. Do you think he could have? Well, him and Sociedad maybe could have done with another season. I think one more year would have been good. Yeah. One more year would have been good. But I'm, and I'm fairly certain it was Zidane that insisted on bringing him back. Yeah. Why do you do that? Yeah. I mean, again, every time, see, every single time, I've been doing this for a while now, every every single time we, we comment on stuff like this, we don't know what's happening at training. We don't know what's happening yeah. behind the scenes. So we're, we're, we're viewing it from the outside, but that's, you've, you've got to have that sort of scrutiny on the thing. Why do you bring him back? If you're not going to give him a game, and um, 
it's just it's uh, it's you know it's it's kind of frustrating to to see certainly from his point of view and also you want to see Kubo and guys at that point because at, at Mallorca if you watched them last season he's he's been compared to Messi in his yeah, playing style he and was, he was at Barcelona as well wasn't he yeah 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 yeah, yeah they stupidly they they yeah. had to release him because of the the problems they were in with uh, signing younger players but we could do another another show about that yeah. another day um, just in the time we have left let's look forward to the weekend's fixtures we'll maybe see Kubo getting a game for Katafi against Athletic Bilbao be interesting to see how those two get on uh, in the league and especially how see if Bilbao can kick on from that yeah, from that cup victory that's on, it's on Monday night yeah it's a busy busy uh, busy 10 days yeah, it must be between the two the two Super Copa games the Copa del Rey against Ibiza and then yeah. uh, yeah, they've Getafe 12th, 12th against 13th on Monday. So, yeah, hopefully they can bring some of that, that momentum from the last couple of games into the league and hopefully they can push on and even push for Europe. I don't know, like even even, even Europa League. It would be unbelievable to see them in there again. That would be class. Yeah, yeah it would be good because, I mean, it's uh, I've got great memories of seeing them playing against Manchester United yeah, and United, stuff. Yeah, so some the, there was a lot of that. Um, it was something I was watching on social media the other day. That there was people doing analysis of that game and just how good it was, and it was a brilliant, particularly the away leg. Yeah, you know, it was just just fantastic to watch. And then the home leg with the the crowd and all that. You know, it'll be great to see that back if the fans do eventually come back. But Urente's goal and all that, and yeah. some of the some of the class yeah. players, Toquero and all that, and yeah, great to watch. So it would be good to see them uh, doing well again and being back to where. I think their fans think they, they, they probably ought to be. They've got high expectations in, in that club. So yeah, that I used to remember it's it's I don't know, just I'm I'm obsessed with the history of, of the club. Like you have to think again, this day and age when clubs are spending hundreds of millions on players, this is a club that, that doesn't buy any players that yep. <laughs> just takes all the bass players. It's incredible. They've never been relegated and that they've always competed at yep. the highest level. Oh, that's an amazing thing. Any other games that jump out uh, this weekend for you? We've got Sevilla Cali, Sociedad Betis, Alves, Real Madrid. Um, any other games that kind of jump out at you? It's uh, Atletico, Atletico Valencia. Yeah, is on is on uh, Saturday, I think. Is it? It's Sunday. It's, uh, Sunday. it's a late one actually. It's nine, nine o'clock Spanish kickoff, so be eight o'clock in the UK or, or Ireland. Yeah. What do, um, you, what, what do you think about that? Valencia's form this season hasn't been hasn't been great. I'm massively pessimistic about Valencia. Yeah. I've got a bit of a kind of thing with Valencia I, I do really like it as a city um, I've just spent a lot of time there and all that and I would have to say my team's Levante there I've got yeah. a real soft spot for them but I, I like the two of them you know it's, it's good to see Valencia there and they're just nowhere near where they should be at the moment and um, we, we've gone into this in, in detail just a massive mismanagement at the club the reluctance to spend money also just frankly ridiculous decisions like I mean for example they didn't renew uh, Ferran Torres's contract when they yeah, should have they let, they kinda... anybody wondering why he went for so cheap that's why Yeah, they didn't bother renewing his contract so a player like that who looks like the next big thing in Spanish football you know, someone playing for the Spanish national team against Germany there he's a top top player and they let him go for, for 25 million about that so I mean it's just inexcusable and it's through reluctance to renew a contract which is minimal money stuff like that that's just one of many kind of daft decisions over the summer there were protests outside the stadium against the board and the only the only uh, solution that is offered by the by the Valencia board is the guy Murthy comes out uh, as, a, as a spokesperson just said it's, it's lo que hay it is what it is it is what it is, it is, what it is. it's like well it is what it is because of your yeah. mismanagement of it you know so the fans there aren't happy they're actually higher than what 
they have been at some point this season thank, yeah. thanks to that win that yeah. they just had there which is a massive thing gives them the three points had they not won that game uh, they would have been in you know real real trouble it's uh, yeah so they're currently on 19 points you take away that win they're in the drop zone they're on 16 think, points they're 18 do you think there's any any danger of them going down absolutely yeah a couple that is really tight down there so just to give you an idea they're in 19 points the drop zone 17 points their form they've had the odd well, highlight looking at it now yeah LJ are on 17 but they've played one less so exactly if they were to get I mean they, they haven't won many games won three games all season but if they were to get a win they'd be out of Valencia and then it's just yeah Alaves on, on 18 and a couple of teams on 19 so very tight down there yeah last season it was fairly tight as well Espanyol were, were trailing for a long long time and then they kind of put a wee run together and it made it sort of interesting until the last few weeks but I mean um, it looks even tighter this 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 year there's only separating separating Wesca who a lot of people think are, are doing terribly this season separating them and uh, and Alaves for example uh, there's there's only six points and Wesca have got a game in hand so that's top that, that's bottom versus 17th it's, yeah, fa- it's fairly even, tight even if you look at Elche we're sitting on 18th just in the relegation zone and mm. you go up to Levante there 11th four points four points between 11th and 18th yeah oh, sorry but uh, sorry, five five points between yeah. 11th and 18th. Exactly, exactly. They have yeah. a game in hand on everyone above them apart from Katafi up until yeah. 11th as well. So it's, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's, it's very, very close, but it makes it more exciting. You know, it does make it more exciting. But um, yeah, should be uh, should be interesting kind of weekend. Uh, I think Atletico v Valencia, you should always watch the league leaders, I think. Uh, Sociedad v Betis, I think I would probably tell people to watch. Yeah. Just always, you should always watch Sociedad because they're, they're good to watch. And Betis can be good to watch. It just depends what day you get them on. Um, and Alaves, it'll be good to see how they, how they do with the new manager, Abelardo. Pablo Machine got sacked. Um, again, he's, he's been he's had three teams in, in less than less than two years. Really not. Yeah. Well, in fact, less than a year, I think. When was it he got sacked? I think he got sacked around Christmas time. For um for uh, for Espanol because he was yeah, he, 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 he did a Tim Sherwood and came out and insulted all the players called them all pipiolos which means like wee boys basically yeah, kids. yeah so he, he came out and did that and he sort of did you know Tim Sherwood was a bit like that at Blackburn yeah, wasn't he you can't, you can't get away with that in modern maybe maybe a few years ago Ferguson could have got away with something like that but now with all the the superstars who are bit more uh, I don't know have have egos now they won't take that like back in the day you might have been able to get away with the the tough love a bit more than in the modern day it's a good point actually I think the I think the um Maybe it's a modern football. Maybe it's a retro manager in a kind of in a kind of modern league. Sorry, I said I said Blackburn. I meant Spurs. When when Sherwood was at Spurs, he was yeah. insulting other yeah, players. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's true. Like uh, I remember, I saw an interview with Arsene Wenger just well, from last year or something like that. He was at a he was at a university in Strasbourg or something like that, and he was saying that um, as managers, we've gone from a situation where we we had to motivate players where we had to convince players yeah that's it <laughs> and I think that's a pretty good summary of, of what it is so you can't be doing what Machine was doing at Espanyol and insulting them and calling them wee boys and all yeah. that you know, little boys you've got to be more diplomatic about it and perhaps that's what the problem has been he went to China as well and managed and get sacked too and he's just been sacked from Alavis so yeah. I don't know so it'll be, it'll be cool to see how they um, how they bounce back and um, they did beat Real Madrid last yeah. year yeah that's their yeah it's not their, I think they've had one, one win since then yeah that was that was in November. They've only had one win since since that game. They have been fairly shocking. Yeah, but uh, no, no, it's, we'll, it's, it's, it's 
it's not been good. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Well, um, that's been a that's been a fairly long, uh, fairly wrong run at it, making up for lost time over the last uh, month or so. So, I'd like to thank you for uh, joining us here. For having me, absolute pleasure. We'll see you again in two weeks. Yeah. Absolutely. We're going to have a different guest on uh, next week, which will be uh, Reese from Deutsche Welle, um, and Marka, who will be uh, joining us in via via Zoom next week. So, but we'll have Don, uh, we'll have Daniel back <laughs> in uh, in um, in two weeks. So, thank you, thank you for joining us as always. Uh, we'll see you again next week, and uh, yeah, enjoy the weekend of football. Adios. <laughs>